Sunday, February 6th, New York City, almost 10 o'clock at night, Andrei Bogoslavsky. Tonight's episode will be something very important and very hard to understand for a young artist, but very necessary to understand when you start your art and when you, you have, even after a few years, to keep in mind what I'm going to tell you. I start when I started like really focusing on painting on visual arts and defining very very clearly in my head I want to be a paint I want to paint paintings I want to sit in the studio and paint paintings I don't want to stand on stage and tell you know recite poetry in front of 2000 Russian officers stationed in Poland I don't want to be a chef I don't want to own a restaurant then they were predicting my great career in linguistics I don't want to be in linguistics I mean, I, I, it's my passion, it's my hobby in the past 20 years because of the functions of the mind. You, know, you understand, linguistics is a science of how human mind verbalizes the words and how human mind thinks. So it's a science of thinking. <laughs> so it's my passion, it's my hobby now. But back then, when I was a teenager, I had so much going on. You know, I had karate, I had... Uh, gymnastics, I mean, light sports, I was, I had trainings three times a week, I had karate three, four times a week, so I was really busy with my life, and it was really hard to, to define how much time I should designate to, uh, I barely did any homework, to tell you the truth, I was not an A student by any means, and I, I went through high school with all the awards and rewards because I was exhibiting on the hallways, because I was hanging my paintings on the hallways of the high school, and the, the, the principal was giving me a little money to buy paints. Well, it wasn't that little. <laughs> you know, I just was lucky. But you see, when luck comes to you, 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 you see it, and you need to take advantage of it. <clears throat> you sort of generate good energies around you by being good. Regardless of what kind of shit happens in your life, you need to keep your core, your, your principles, your moral moral core steady. Don't steal, don't lie, don't kill anybody, eat healthy diet, and try to contribute to other people's be better life, other people's happiness and well-being. Of course, don't let the vampires to suck the blood out of you. <laughs> <laughs> keep your, you know, distance as well. Do as much as you can for other people. <clears throat> so this is the objective of human life. So when I was a teenager, you know, it, it was so amazing and miraculous to spend three, four hours a day some days I skip after school in a studio with a palette, with a brush, painting a still life, painting a landscape outside the windows. We had beautiful windows and learning, you know, talking to other older artists and picking up some tips and ideas, technical issues, basically technical issues, how to do this, how to do that, you know. Uh, how to develop your color palette, how to develop, you know, drawing proportions and everything, everything. So it was, it wasn't difficult. It was easy, but it was an adventure. But what is the most important for you as an artist, young artist? You know, you got a little corner in the garage or maybe a spot in the basement where you can quietly sit. Maybe you got a corner in your room where you can, you know, you don't need easels. You know, you just need uh, some room on your desk to, to put some watercolor paper. But I don't recommend starting with watercolors because it's an illusion that this is easy to 
technique. Watercolors is actually a very difficult technique. If you ever heard of watercolor societies, they're these old ladies who love watercoloring because it's so meditational and there's so many levels of achievement and mastery. And it's not very... Uh, sound-resistant technology. You know, it's very sound-sensitive. So any watercolor needs to be framed under glass, very special UV-resistant glass. And still, you know, in the museums, they don't show watercolors on the walls. They keep them in archives, absolutely, you know, sunlight-free. So they, they, they can last for 100, 200 years. So what I'm trying to tell you, acrylic technology is prevalent in our contemporary society because you can have effects of watercolors and you can have effects of very thick paint as well and everything in between. So I recommend acrylic, not because it dries too fast. Actually, the fact that it dries too very fast is so-called unforgiving. I had this one dealer who was a very smart man. He's not a dealer anymore, but for 20 years he sold a lot of my paintings, Paul Tanner on Lafayette, and he he has been around, you know, he used to sell Jackson Pollock paintings in Europe in 1970s from bank to bank, and the banks actually didn't transport the $30 million painting, it stayed in the first bank that sold it to the second bank because the transportation and the insurance, the storage is the same price, the same cost, so after the second bank bags Jackson Pollock for $30 million, they keep it in the first bank in a vault. It's, it's not in the museum, it's in a vault. And nobody sees this painting. It's only money-making thing. You understand? It's a money investment. So Paul was selling those, and then he opened his own little shop gallery when I met him in 97. And he told me, you know, acrylic is unforgiving technique. What it means, it means that with oil technology, you can go back tomorrow to your canvas or, or even work on paper and take a sharp razor and scrape off what you did yesterday. You can take a cloth and wipe it off to the white canvas. No problem. Not with acrylic. So basically, after it dries, it's hard as a rock. And ripping it off with, with a razor, with a knife is not going to do you any good you're going to damage the canvas because that's how hard acrylic dries up. It dries up to a rock. Let's talk about your intimate studio space and time and compare it to what are you going to be doing when you're out of your studio. So in your studio, you need to open up to the world around you so intimately, so widely. You really need to empty your mind, as they say in meditation. Empty your mind. Let go all the thoughts, all your worries, all your concerns about your future, homework, fight with the parents, fight with the girlfriend. All of this shit needs to be let go and forgotten. When you start painting, when you pick up a brush in the afternoon after school, all this shit is out of your studio. It's not in your studio. Don't bring all that garbage. And this is what is so beautiful about being who I am <laughs> since my early age. You know, I really noticed it and I enjoyed it so much. Because when you are like I was in acting, you know, I was going to this local theater once a week for a couple hours to listen to this director teaching us young kids how to perform, how to become an actor, hopefully, and, and get into acting school. 
So it's working with the group, working with other people and taking directions, taking not just technical tips, but there's also a lot of psychology involved. You know, people got issues. Anytime you work with people, there will be always issues. This guy got a headache. That guy hates girls. That Those girls hate each other. So there's always this fucking shit psychiatric going on, okay, with other people. When you're by yourself in your studio, there is peace, there is solitude, there is nothing going on in your head, nothing supposed to be going on. You're supposed to have only one thing going on in your head, is the excitement that you got few hours to spend doing something creative. This is the only one treasure that I personally get of being an artist, because this is all me you know, occasionally in, in the years past, even uh, in 97, after I sold fashion books and magazines, I hired a model to model for me. She was this Swedish, very beautiful dancer. She from Sweden and she became, well, she was American citizen, but she was originally from Sweden and she became my girlfriend and she was so beautiful. Oh, all of my friends were so jealous. They were just with their tongues out and she was really sweet, very nice. And uh, so she was modeling for me. So when you have a second person in your studio, I'm telling you my experience, it's different. It's different. Being by yourself is such a treasure. Oh, my God. You can do anything. You can spit shit. You can throw paints on the walls. Whatever you want. You understand? You don't mind yourself. You understand? You have absolute freedom of creation. You can do anything and you better do something you didn't do yesterday. Because this is the fun part of creating something that you didn't create before. So you are here by yourself being challenged to pave the road in the woods that there is no road. It doesn't exist anymore. And yet, you need to pave your own road, your own style. Express yourself in your own way, with your own brush strokes, which is supposed to be different than Vincent van Gogh and, 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 and what's his name. You understand? So you, you, you are challenging, you're basically fighting the gods. <coughs> you know, there, there was this metaphor in Polish language. Artists are uh, struggling with the gods. Gods, the Olympus gods, because what you're struggling basically is with, with your own limitations, <coughs> because every one of us in this body is limited to who we are, to our brain capacity, to our intellectual capacity of understanding the world. We have certain standards. Each of us know what I know, what I know, you know what you know, and this is how we treat the world, okay? I go to my supermarket that way, you go to the same supermarket the other way, and this is the way we do things. So each of us is sort of limited by those circumstances that we have created in our lives so far. You as a creative person, you as the crazy maniac, genius, whatever you want to call yourself, need to exceed your own self. And the only place you can do it, only circumstances you can do it is when you're by yourself in your studio. When nobody's watching, when you don't give a shit because nobody's watching, you understand? When you are starting to record yourself with a video, it's not a good idea. I'll tell you why. Because I've been recording, I mean, people have been recording me painting since 1990. 
Seven, yeah, first time I had friends coming with, you know, Russian documentary makers in 97. And then I over over the years, I had many people coming to my studio with video equipment and recording how I, I'm Andre paints and this and that, and they made documentary movies. It's It's like having a monkey on your shoulder, okay? It's like knowing you're being watched, so you sort of need to behave in a certain way, or you feel obliged to talk and explain what you're doing. When you're by yourself, you are not obliged to anybody. And neither to yourself, you understand? If you walk on glass, like it happened to me a few times, it's okay. It's okay. I didn't feel it. The blood was all over the floor. This is how I get involved in painting process, you understand? So I want you to be completely sucked in by the process of creation. Because this is what the real joy of being an artist is. The struggle and overcoming your own limitations. And today, painting something more amazing than you painted yesterday. And this is the beauty and the joy of being a creative person. What happens when you leave your room? Let's say the next day or, or one day you decide, you know, to go out to art gallery receptions and go and tell people you're an artist or show your paintings to some professional art gallery. So you pull out those paintings from your studio, you put them in the trunk of a car and you drive to the gallery. Then you have to be a different person. You cannot, it's not expected of you, and nobody really cares to know what really happened in your studio. But somehow, you need to package your personal struggles in a very convenient way for people to understand. You really don't have to reveal all the details that you paint naked. For instance, in the summertime, I paint naked very often in my backyard, yes. And uh, nobody cares, really, because because my neighbors can't see me, you know, nobody really cares. But it, 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 you, you can tell little anecdotes to those art galleries, little bits and pieces. That's all they need. They don't need the whole truth. You can't handle the truth. I love that fucking line. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. So the, the, the point I'm trying to say is that what happens in your studio is so intimate, is so different today than it was last week. It's just impossible to describe. You understand? It's like every day is different and it's an event in space-time in the universe that will never happen again. And when you bring those paintings to the gallery, Somehow you need to verbalize that each painting is an event in space-time. And this painting stands for XYZ. This is, well, let's say in my case, this is Gaia, the mother nature of all biological life on planet Earth. And this is a mega volcano that is about to explode and annihilate all the life on planet Earth and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, you give them just the, the, the surface of your process, just like the cream, the top of the cream of the cake. You don't tell them that, that you really had a horrible, you know, stomach ache and diarrhea that day and you painted the best paintings. 
Who knows <laughs> how things happen? So what I'm trying to tell you, what happens in your studio is this very intimate and really nobody will ever understand it. Nobody. Even if they make movies, even if they sit somebody and write, even if they have a computer chip in your head trying to record what you're thinking. You see, I'm making those videos, black and white drawings for one minute and then a minute later I do voiceover talking, saying what? I really was thinking when I was drawing it in a very specific voice. This is sort of video presentation of artist creative process. It's nobody understands that. A lot of kids are saying I'm schizophrenic or shit like that. It doesn't matter. The point I'm trying to say that even if there's a computer chip in your head, nobody will understand you and they're not supposed to because you're a unique person. There has never been a person like you and never will be because this is mathematical formula for genetic combinations plus the environment you grew up. So even if there is a total clone of you somewhere in China, that clone grew up in a different environment and will be a totally different person painting totally different paintings, okay? So there will be never such a person as you. There will be never another day as it was today where you painted this amazing landscape scene from your window. You understand? You have to understand those things because this is intimate part of your life. It will never happen again. The paintings you painted last week, last month, they will never happen again. Even if you try very hard to make copies, they will never come out the way they were then. So try to explore to, to, to the fullest potential this three, four hours of time you have after school and, and, and express yourself completely so you sleep better. And, but when you go out to outside world, it's a business world. They look at your paintings as merchandise, you understand? As desirable luxury merchandise. They're not just handmade Versace shoes for three thousand dollars no they're not just stupid lamborghini no this is something that is one of a kind there will never be a second lamborghini like this where you can buy a rolls royce from 1958 because your neighbor has a rolls royce from 1958 but different color you understand you are talking about one of a kind item we call an artwork which somehow captures the event in space-time in your private life when you expressed your feelings, emotions, and ideas about this world. And this is what you're showing. People are not going to see it like that, or people are not going to understand it in such a complicated way. No matter how you will try to explain it to them, there will be always some rich, fat guy or skinny guy who will say, can I just have flowers? Yes, sir. Here are the flowers. I'm sorry I elaborated and I explained to you the, 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 whatever I have to say about flowers. So people just, you know, they will look at your paintings and they'll say, I like your abstracts. And you say, they're not abstracts, damn it. They're landscapes. And people say, well, they look like abstracts. Well, fuck, buy the fucking abstracts if you want, okay? So what I'm trying to tell you, the society, the business world, they will always not... Uh, 
mis, mis, misunderstand you. Yes, they will misunderstand you, basically. And no matter how much you're going to try to explain yourself, look at Leonardo da Vinci. And for his time, he wrote 15,000 pages, never published in his life, but like 100 years later. But he was trying to explain himself. Look at Vincent van Gogh. His best capacities. Every day he was writing letters to his brother, which later became the explanations for Van Gogh's view on art and the basis of understanding art world for the 20th century and for today, you understand? Letters of Vincent Van Gogh is reading a must, a must, and keep this book for the rest of your life because 20 years from now you will read them again and you will discover something else about yourself. So what I'm trying to tell you, no matter how much Van Gogh was trying to explain himself, nobody bought his damn paintings. His brother was an art dealer. He couldn't sell them. He was selling very realistic landscapes and stuff. So people are not going to understand you. And be prepared for it. Why? Don't get upset about it because the real treasure of being an artist, the real value you have is that intimate time in your studio for this few hours after school or whatever your schedule is. This is the joy. This is the treasure. Your life, the time you were given by God, if you believe in God, to be on this planet. And the day of the day and the few hours that you invested in creative process, this is the real joy, the real gold. It's not the money they're going to pay you for the painting. It's not the recognition you're going to get from here and there. No, that bullshit goes away. Money is going to blow really fast <laughs> might be even faster than Andre I'm not gonna tell you the numbers but the point I'm trying to say the true value of your life as a creative person is the time you spend in the studio if you can cut as many hours I, I you know three hours a day maybe a few six hours in the weekend oh my god this you're gonna enjoy it you're supposed to enjoy that time you understand so for me personally, it was always very difficult, but I got used to it. I, I trained myself. I disciplined myself. For instance, when I lived on a barge for five years between 98 and 2002, <coughs> I on a barge in Chelsea on 23rd Street on Hudson River. Every day, you know, five o'clock, end of the day, I'm sweaty and dirty from painting. I'm taking a shower and going out to art gallery receptions. To do what? Well, to promote myself. I take a bunch of business cards, put them in my pocket, and go door to door from gallery to gallery, have a glass of wine, pick up a girl, or maybe not, doesn't matter, have some cheese, have some broccoli or cauliflower they have, you know, that was my dinner most of the time <laughs> and hang out from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at those gallery receptions visit 20 30 galleries per night get to meet one or two owners get to meet some new artists and and be part of art world and I, you know I really don't like to waste that time you know really after I got married in 2003 and settled down in, in Georgetown in Washington DC so my life changed very much. I didn't go out that much. I mean, my wife and I, we did go out to art vernissage receptions once a week, maybe twice a week, but it wasn't every night. It wasn't like in New York for five years. Day and night, day and night. Oh, my God. I mean, every night, every night, summer and winter. So what I'm trying to tell you, 
The business world needs to be, you need to have this very different attitude. I don't want to say you have to be brutal, but the business world is about money. They look at your paintings as merchandise. I'm not saying they're trying to rip you off to steal your paintings. No, not everyone. But they are very sleazy gallery dealers. Yes. So before they tell you, okay, we'll accept 20 of your paintings for a show and we will hang them in uh, next month. That must be, that. that's a red flag because, you know, professional galleries, they have scheduled for one year ahead. If they're giving you a show next month, even if they have an excuse, one artist canceled, artists usually don't cancel. Even if they're sick with cancer, his wife will take care of delivering the paintings because that's what is required. If artist cancels a show in a gallery you want to be in, there must be something stinky about this gallery, Okay. The, 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 the artists, if they don't have enough paintings, I'm sure they can pull out some old paintings and fulfill the, the contract they have with the gallery. So if the gallery tells you we can hang your show next month, need you need to research about this gallery because it's all about money, okay? These galleries need to pay rents. They need to stay in business. And often they sell the paintings, they don't pay you. And often they they will, you know, they take six months, a year to pay you for those paintings. Oh my God, all kinds of shit will be happening. It's a brutal business world, okay? People are very shrewd because it's all about money. A lot of gallery owners come from Wall Street. They lost their trading license. So they they're sharks. They're sharks. They stole a lot of money from plain Americans. They're con artists, you know, in plain English. So a lot of them come from real estate. So they know how to sell $2 million, $3 million apartments. And they decide to get into something classy. Be, have a gallery. Let's open a gallery. And they put their name on it. And they're very proud of it. So, you know, they're, now they're art dealers. Because they have these salesmanship skills, how to close a deal on $2 million, so there shouldn't be a, a problem to sell a painting for $20,000, $200,000. And this is right. This is how it works, okay? They are successful. I personally know people like that. That's why I'm telling you about it. So the, 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 outside your studio, the world is a shrewd, brutal world of business, and you need to understand it and you need to act appropriately not to be not to be an a hole but you need to play the game they're playing you need to be careful not to get ripped off and yet get ahead and take advantage of opportunities opportunities will come if you have a body of work if you keep on painting and producing artwork Opportunities will come because this is how the world works. The more you get out, the more you tell people you're an artist, the more people, even if you're at somebody's, I don't know, somebody's birthday, okay? Somebody you know is having a birthday, you're invited, and you didn't bring any gift, it doesn't matter, and there's like 20, 30 people in the backyard in Brooklyn, in New York, you don't know anybody, and you start talking to this person, to that person, and you tell them, I am an artist, okay? Okay, And everybody goes like, oh, really? Where can I see your paintings? When they say that, 
you need to take their contact because what you're going to say at that point is, I'll have a show coming up in few months. Would you like to be on my mailing list? Oh, yes, of course. And she gives you her information. Maybe she wants to fuck you. Maybe she really wants to see your paintings. Don't invite them to your studio right away because it's too much of an invitation. It's too big of a deal for them to come to your studio. You really don't want people with their dirty boots come to your intimate environment and start picking your, you know, dirty, dirty cloth here. And, you know, that's, that's not a proper environment. You understand? Some artists have opportunity to show their paintings paintings in the backyard, not not in the workspace. So yes, in the summertime, you can have a backyard show with your paintings and invite all the neighbors and offer some cocktails and some sodas. Yes, that can be done also about the small events of marketing. Uh, we will talk about some other episode. But this episode is about your intimacy in your studio, being alone, being by yourself, challenging yourself, overcoming your own limitations as a human being, just realizing I am a dumbass. But let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's empty my mind and let's do something better or more amazing than I did yesterday. Can I? Yes, I can. And this is when you start creating. Thank you for listening.